How are you at delivering unwelcome news to one of your team members and then coaching them through the feedback? Sometimes as leaders, we have to tell a team member that they are off track or that they're not going to get what they want. It's not the best part of a leader's job, but in these conversations are opportunities for growth and development, not just for our team member. These conversations are great for our growth and development as a leader as well. In this on-air coaching call, that's exactly where a member of our community, Crystal, was at the beginning of the call. She and I untangled the conversation and Crystal found those opportunities right before her eyes. There is more we uncover, so listen in to see where we end up. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn. I'm an executive leadership coach, speaker, and author. I'm the current president of the board for the Maine Women's Conference, and I have the privilege and joy to work with women leaders to hone the skills and the mindset that allow them to grow into and then thrive in senior leadership. My specialization is working with women who are stabilizing after their last promotion and those who want to be ready for the next one. It is my belief that for more women to hold positions of senior leadership, there are changes at the individual and organizational level that need to occur. Not only do women need to be trained and coached on how to operate at these levels of leadership, organizations need to change their paradigm of how the work gets done and what supports are in place for leaders to do their job. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. You'll see the follow button is prominent on my profile, but if you click on the more button to the right, you'll find the option to connect. Click on that and be sure to add a note to the invitation letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to Women Taking the Lead. Hey, Jody. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh my God. I, I've been excited about this for a long while. I've been ramping up for these on-air coaching calls and I am thrilled that you are the first one because we've known each other for a little while. Even though we didn't know each other in our personal lives, we were aware of following each other connected on LinkedIn and Facebook. So you've been listening to the podcast for a while and that's how I kind of became aware of you and you became aware of me. So how long have you been listening to the podcast? At least four years. Um, I remember when I made the conscious decision to start taking my career to the next level. I said to myself, I've got to start creating an opportunity for me to ramp up on what would be considered the soft skills, right? Mm -hmm. That's necessary to move your career from point A to point B. And sometimes you don't always have um, a mentor or a coach that you have at your own disposal to be able to help you move your career in that direction or get those soft skills. So I started looking at podcasts and videos on YouTube to be able to listen to how other people did it. And when I came across your podcast, it was like a shining bright light. You had a library that I was able to search based on what it was that I wanted to learn. And I remember thinking to myself, 
how does she have like 400 episodes? I was like, she's, I was like, I didn't even know there were 400 topics. (laughs) So they were just so great. And one of the things that I really took away the most when I was looking at that time was how to effectively do networking Mm -hmm. and how to do it in a way that was authentic and original and made me bring my best self to the situation rather than feel a little uncomfortable and self-serving when you're trying to create a network of people and a high level of visibility for yourself in an organization. Yes. Oh, I love that because so many women have th- this like uh, sense of networking that it's like, oh, it's so, so awfully creepy. Like, creepy, gross, slimy, like all this stuff. Um, and, you know, I even do a presentation for women to help them change their perspective on networking because networking is actually very feminine. It is a very feminine activity because if you think about it, what are women really great at? building relationships. And that's what networking is all about. So when you take away all this meaning we add to business networking, and we think because it's contrived, that it's not real or genuine. But when we are actually doing networking well, we're just being ourselves and being curious and getting interested in other people and building those relationships. We could go on forever. (laughs) Yes, I I couldn't agree more. I love it. I love it. And there's so many ways to slice and dice a topic. And so there's always more to talk about. So just for the sake of everyone listening, to give them some context, tell us more about you and what you're up to in the world. So I currently work in the healthcare industry for a very large pharmaceutical company. I'm currently managing a sales team of pharmaceutical representatives of about eight people in the Northeast section of the United States. Okay, awesome. And what can I help you with today? So one of the things that attracts me to your podcast, especially now that you've taken the opportunity to start coaching people, and I think what it is that you say is like people who are just settling into their new role, but have their next role in the top of their minds, like what is next for them? That's kind of exactly where I am. I've been in my um, role um, for a little less than a year, but I have my finger on the pulse of what I'm going to do next. Mm -hmm. But it's so important for me to do my current role really, really well. And as a leader of people, what I'm finding to be challenging for me is how to give feedback in a way that I recognize that what I'm about to say could hurt somebody's spirit, but it's really for their own good so that they have the ability to see themselves from a more 360 view um, and and be able to see the situation from a larger view. So I find myself sometimes holding back feedback because I I don't know how to phrase it in a way where it won't seem mean or um, misguided. Like I'm trying to figure out my voice Mm -hmm. in leading by example, by trying to show that this is, this is the situation at hand. This is how you're viewing it, but there's the truth somewhere in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to figure out how that voice sounds for me. Okay. And what has your experience been thus far? Because I'm getting a sense that there's some situations where you're going in and you're giving the feedback and that has one outcome. And then there are some situations where you're holding back on giving yes. the feedback and that has another outcome. So what what have some of those scenarios been looking like for you? So as far as like the black and white type of feedback, I'm really good at, right? Because there's just some things that, you know, it's either right or it's wrong. Um, it's, it's black or it's white. 
Um, when there's administrative tasks that are late or incorrect, I have no problem saying, you know, I see where you did this X, Y, and Z. However, it was supposed to be ABC. I have no problem with that type of feedback. It's when people specifically, I have people on my team who are um, highly ambitious and would like to do other things in the company and which I would love to give them the opportunity to do those things. However, let's just say their personal brand isn't where they think it is. So they're uh, what other people, how other people view them is a little different on how they're viewing themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to be able to set expectations on what the potential is for them is hard for me because I, I, I think the world of my team and I think I, I align with them that they have very high potential, but they haven't done the work for other people to see the value in them. Right. Yes. Okay. And so what I'm, I'm seeing here is it's more, there are team members who don't have the self-awareness to really see how they're being perceived by other people and how they're showing up. And you probably have situations where you're watching them do something and it's almost like you want to reach out and stop them because you can see how they're hurting themselves. Right. And that can, as someone who really cares about this person and wants to help them, you know, grow and advance in their career, watching somebody do things that, you know, are causing other people to look at them in a way that is not advantageous for them. It it can, it can, it can almost be like a, like gut wrenching. Yes. Watching it happen. Okay. Yeah. But alternatively, now you're looking at how do I have this conversation with them so that they're aware of it? And I'm wondering if how any of these conversations have gone thus far, if you've had them and if that is causing you to hesitate as well. Yeah. So, so what I, has that been like? Yeah. Yeah. So I have had one specific conversation with someone who, um, the way our company works, we do promotional windows and people are able to apply for a promotion. It's kind of like, well, you know, you have to hit certain parameters, but then you put in an application for a promotion and it gets calibrated by managers. And I had to tell this gentleman that, you know, you, you may have done these things, but it's almost like if people don't know about it, if you haven't been able to market yourself, it's almost as if they never happened at all. So you might say that these five or six things happened over the last 18 to 24 months, but you haven't done a good job showing visibility and and marketing these things. And there's eight other people in this region who have done those things and marketed themselves for it. And they're going to get in line for it and be chosen over you because nobody knows what you do because you're not, you're, you're not bringing it to the forefront. So, you know, it was an uncomfortable thing to say because a part of me felt like, somebody, whoever was coaching them prior, I don't know if they didn't tell them that or if they did tell them that and they just didn't listen. But I find a lot of that mentality of, you know, if I work really hard, if I get good performance numbers, I'm going to be noticed. I just have to keep my head down and do my job. And we just don't live in that reality anymore. Mm -mm. Um, It's like we ever did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and the thing is, I work as a sales organization we are kind of an island where you can be doing amazing things in the field, but if you're not escalating those stories up, it's as if they never happened at all. So um, a lot of it, there's a fine balance between self-promotion and arrogance, right? So people feel like it's conceited or they're being arrogant. And I'm like, no, you're just letting people know the value that you bring and that you're worth 
you're worth the attention. You're, you're worth the extra funds. You're worth the promotion. So having that conversation, it was uncomfortable for me. And I don't think I gave, I gave it all I could, but I think I held back on some of the language I would have used because I didn't want to seem like I was being mean. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your sense of that conversation is it wasn't as effective as it could be. Yeah. I I didn't ask the right questions to make sure because, you know, you always think about how did that go afterwards? Yeah. I don't think I asked the right questions to make sure that this person was picking up on what I was putting down. Like, did he understand what I was saying or was I just rambling on and he was just yesing me to death? Okay. What What gave you that impression? That he might not fully understand me? Yes. It's because he didn't really ask me any questions. Okay. And I know that, um, you know, I've been on the other side of those conversations, you know, as uh, an employee for the last 23 years I've worked. Um, if someone gave me that feedback, I'd want to know, well, then what, what can I do differently? Okay. Like, if I'm he never asked. Right, I was going to say, like, did you get to a point where, like, you talked about strategy and, you know, what to, what to do in the future to make sure that your work is being known? He wasn't even curious about that. No, I mean, I, I highlighted a few things that we could could do, the things that I know that he's working on currently. I'm like, let's make sure we bring this to the forefront so these can be part of you, your building blocks. But it was, I never got any questions from him. I just got a lot of, mm-hmm, okay, all right, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and the last thing you want to do for anybody is hurt their spirit, especially when you know that they bring value. It's just that, like I said, he hasn't done a good, good enough job marketing that, and yes. other people have. And when you have, only such a such a finite budget on promotional monies, he's just not going to be a part of the conversation. Okay. I'm going to ask about personality. So if if you know the if you've done personality assessments of your team or you know what their um personality is for sure, like let me know. But if you but even if you have to guess, like is he more introverted or extroverted? He's extroverted. That's the one good thing I could say about sales representatives. 98% of them are extroverts and the 2% that aren't are extroverts at work. Do you know, right. <laughs> you know, but introverts yes. in a personal life. So yeah, this is somebody, you know, we, we talk to customers in cold call in person every day. So you have to, you know, the things that he brings to his role, to his customers, he just has to bring to his decision makers who are above him. Yes. Okay. And the reason why I asked that question is because if he was introverted, his not asking questions may have been more of an indicator that he's processing because an introvert will take information, especially when it's like unexpected, right? Or new information, they need time to process it. So if you're leading an introvert, they're more likely to go, okay, I hear what you're saying they'll leave and then they come back a day or two later. And then there's a second conversation that goes, that starts with, I've been thinking about what you said, right? And then that's an introvert's normal mode. Not to say that extroverts won't need time to process, you know, it might be just shock, right? That, that causes them to stop. And you've said he, he, has he been, actually, let me ask it this way. How has he been acting since that conversation in terms of promoting himself and communicating what he's up to? So I would, I would say par for the course. I think what my job in this situation is now that we're talking about this, when I say par for the course, pretty much, you know, same things, but maybe I need to plant the seed to say, Hey, I love what you're doing here. Who else knows about this besides me? 
Mm, right. You know, um, because he did just do something recently and I'm thinking, I, I've asked him, I said, you know, just shoot me an email on it so we could like, you know, forward it out or whatever. But I think that this is an opportunity for him to not only just forward out an email because those things can potentially be ignored, right? Email's easy to ignore, but like, mm-hmm. who is he calling to get insight on how maybe he could make this specific project he's working on even better or bring in cross collaborators um, for opportunity to say that he's worked with different people. I think these are the things that I've, as, as the coach that I'm going to need to start planting the seed. It just comes from a place where I think to myself that if there are other people who are usually doing those things on their own, yes. you know, yeah. that maybe he, this is some of these some of the people on my team that have been doing this a long time. And I think to myself, I shouldn't have to tell them this, but I'm, I'm realizing that maybe I do. Like, yes. These are things to me that are like super obvious, you know? <laughs> that can be one of the like biggest downfalls as a leader is when we go into that place of like, well, everybody knows this. I shouldn't have to tell them this, right? And what really what that's a symptom of is I've known this for a long time and I shouldn't have to tell anybody. He likely or perhaps I will say some of the strategies you told him about are might be out of his comfort zone or he's never done it before. So he isn't sure what it's supposed to look like. It's kind of like when we're trying out a new restaurant or something, we're more likely to go back often once we put our foot through the door, right? right. It, it's like, that's why um, businesses do grand openings and do all sorts of events to bring people. Cause once they have that first experience, they'll do it again until they've had that first experience, they might be hesitant. So maybe like something like a new gym might be a better example than a restaurant. Cause restaurants are easy, but a new gym where you're like, you're not quite sure what the like protocols are. What's the culture in the gym? Where is everything set up? You know, would I be comfortable here? You know, when we're looking at doing, something that's a little uncomfortable and out of our routine, we're hesitant to, we may be hesitant to take it on. Right. And, and he, it doesn't, it sounds like he's the type of worker who's a great worker, obviously doing great things, but used to doing it on his own. Yes. Yeah. And I guess in my mind, because I feel like regardless of what industry you're in, we all kind of run by this playbook, right? You know, there are certain things that need to be done to be noticed. And there's certain things that are like, you know, um, that get you a seat at the table to have these discussions. And in my mind, I think to myself, well, these are just par for, you know, par for the course, obvious things. But you're right. I don't know if it's that level of comfortability in in getting that done. Yes. Or feel confident enough to do it. Yes, he might understand what you're asking him to do, but, you know, might not exactly like you're saying, like the confidence level of like, I I understand what she's asking me to do, but there might be some nuances to it where he's like, am I asking the right people? Should I ask this way? How, How is it done? So I love that you're already like building bridges for him to make to get him like in the door, get him in that gym. For that that first time so he can take a look around and see, oh, this is how it's done and this is how it's set up and and this is how it works. And having those collaborators will then help him get more visibility on his projects. I want to go back to a couple of things just to make sure that we've left no stone unturned. You, You mentioned that in retrospect, you wondered if you had asked the right questions. What questions would you have asked in that conversation? So I think to myself, I, to- I did the majority of the talking, which I'm starting to learn that 
that's not the way it goes, right? That's <laughs> where you cha- change from like an individual contributor mindset to a leader of people. I should have asked what about these projects in the past, maybe why he didn't elevate them to a higher status. Why, like, or maybe asked him how he could have done this better rather than told him like yeah. next time we've got to do that, you know, that type of stuff. I should have at least did some more digging, but I think I come from the mindset of like, let's solve this problem. Yeah. Like this didn't work this time, but how can we make it work next time? I've, I've got these thoughts, you know, with that, but it's his career. Right. <laughs> like, right. I should have like, I, but you know, I get so wrapped up in, um, let's solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, you know, going into management and leadership, we're also in a position where we've also done it on our own a lot or with small teams or people who like were at at our level experience wise or, you know, um, knowledge and know-how. And then we're in a position where we're leading a team and it's very diverse, you know, levels of experience, whether in the work world or in the industry, you know, and so we do have to take a step back at that point um, and remember that, okay, now we're, we're the leader. We're not just the fixer and the problem solver and that sort of thing. And there are certain things where you can take a very tactical problem solving approach, like you said, with the administrative stuff. Like, let's just get it done. Or maybe there's like something that might be a little more complicated than that, where we can all put our heads together, come up with a solution and move on. But when we're talking about developing future leaders, and he's a future leader, right, that actually takes some coaching skills, right? The like slowing down, really listening. And those feedback conversations aren't, you know, you, you miss these protocols, just do better, pay attention next time. It's, it, it, it's exactly what you're saying. It's a coaching in terms of asking those open-ended, curious questions of like, what would you have done differently? How could you have done this differently? What was, what was holding you back from, yeah. you know, doing this instead, that sort of thing that allows the individual to gain those problem-solving skills themselves, right? Where they become better problem solvers. And you're also, by modeling, teaching them a skill that they'll need someday too, as well when they're leading a team too. So that's that's a really great insight to have in retrospect, right? We're always learning, right? We're always going to let you make mistakes or wish we had done it a little better or differently. But like when we take those time, and I really want to acknowledge that you took time to reflect, Yes. And I thought about it for quite some time. So yeah, Yeah. I, I, that's one thing I could say is that I truly authentically care. Mm -hmm. I'm not just here to, you know, collect a paycheck and go home. Clearly the pay is great, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it helps me pay my bills and live my life, but I'm here because I value what it is that I do. And I, I believe that work should be a connection of relationships and I want healthy, strong relationships. And I want my team to know that I have their best interests at heart and I want to see them succeed. Like if anyone, like I, I, one of the things that I, I try to make sure I finish every one-on-one with my team, with people, my team is I say, I'm on your team. Like say if my person's name is like, I don't know, Anthony, I'm like, Anthony, I'm on your team. I'm team Anthony. Cause I want them to know that I'm cheering them on that I'm, I'm here for them. 
Um, because I know that one day not everything's going to be roses and unicorns and rainbows and one day we're going to have to have a difficult conversation. So if I can establish the fact that I'm on their team, that I'm part of someone who wants to see them succeed, that maybe my feedback that's difficult uh, will be taken in, in a good way. So I'm trying to set those little seeds now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've done trainings on this with um, mostly around the performance review process. And I start those trainings on how to do a good performance review with let's go back to the relationship you've been building over the last year. Right. Because if you've built trust and respect, you know, mutual, you know, on both sides, this conversation is not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. Given some feedback once that it's better to um, address things sooner and smaller rather than larger and later. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) so I'm trying to get that that hat on. And when you have a, a team of many different people, like you said, with different levels of experience, because I do, I have some people on my team. I have one person who has actually only been in, in the work world for um, less than six years and brand new to the industry in which I work. And then I have somebody who's got like 15 years on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, it's a balance and trying to show up differently for that each and every person is, is a full-time job. Yeah. You know, it really is. And trying to figure out how to show up and wear that hat for that person at that time. And I'm, I'm trying to learn how to like not let it exhaust me. <laughs> right. Because, yeah. Because I find, like I said, I, I truly care. So what I, I feel like an empath. I am somebody who puts myself in the shoes of others, but that can really drain me. You mm-hmm. know, that can really, like, you can walk at the end of the day and be like, oh my God, now I have to cook dinner for my kids. Right. Right. <laughs> It's 5.30 and I'm ready to go to bed. I'm holding my cheeks laughing because I just recently had that experience where at noontime I was like, I know what I'm cooking for dinner. And by four o'clock I was like, oh man, do I have to? I agree. I complained to my husband. He's like, no one cooks me dinner. And then he was like, well, I can cook next time. I said, please don't because then I have to clean the kitchen after whatever mess you make. Not interested. (laughs) God, I'd rather pour everyone a bowl of cereal and call it a day. I, I'm I'm 100% with you. My boyfriend's going to listen to this episode and start laughing because we, we, are, we are the same person. There is so much that can be gained by listening to what another woman is going through and to understanding the strategy she will implement to overcome the challenge she's faced with. For this reason, I would like to do more on-air coaching calls on this podcast. If you are a woman leader who's been promoted or taken on a new role in the last year, I invite you to apply to be on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. You will be completely anonymous, so you won't need to worry about anyone you work with listening to you talk about your challenges. This is an opportunity for you to get insights and strategies to overcome any challenges you've been faced with at work. And the other women listening to your episode will learn from your experience and gain insights that they can use at work. You can find the link that will take you to the application in the episode description in your podcast app or at the bottom of the episode page on the Women Taking the Lead website. I would love to chat with you. So, okay. 
yes, there is some adaptability, right? You have to have as leaders because each member of your team is going to need something slightly different from you or greatly different, right? That swing you have on your team, your 15-year veteran does not have the same needs, nor do they necessarily want to be interacted with in the same way that somebody new to the industry wants to be interacted with, right? And it's, it's based on each one's needs. But determining what they want from you, what the relationship is, and even how you're going to be in team meetings and what you expect from them in team meetings will make your job a lot easier where you don't have to, you know, because it can feel initially like, okay, who do I need to be for the next hour for this person? And then I need to be somebody else in the next call. It it will start to feel more natural. A lot like your children too, where I I know your, your kids are close in age, same gender, but they have different personalities and they want different things from you, but you've just gotten used to it. Now being, you know, under a year on a new team, it is, it can be tiring, like trying to figure it all out and building it. I would, I would invite you. I know you've done a little bit of this already is like looking at it like an adventure, right? As opposed to like, I have to master this today. I think that can be a downfall of women who are ambitious and driven, which are a lot of the women who listen Mm -hmm. to this podcast, very similar to you, uh, Krista, where they, they do have their eyes on the prize. They they know they want to get somewhere. They got their plan, right? But they also have huge hearts and care so much uh, for the people who they're leading that, you know, that especially when you come into a new position, you might have a new team. It can feel exhausting because you put such high expectations on yourself, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, the whole point is, you know, we have a job to do and we have performance initiatives that we need to hit and you have to kind of navigate through the the minutia of of individual personalities to even just get to that goal it's like it's it's a lot because i'm very driven by i don't want to say metrics per se but i'm i'm driven by a purpose mm-hmm. and i just have to make sure that we're all aligned to that same purpose right and everyone can have different roles as yes. well. Like, um, if you haven't already, I would start, um, with the, in your relationship with the 15 year veteran, like they probably can contribute more, right. And want to contribute more. Right. They, yes. Yeah. You're, I, so for the, those of you listening and can't see Crystal's nodding her head. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very true. Actually. Um, that, that person is a very strong employee. Um, I don't think they see all the value that they bring based on their experience. And Mm -hmm. I've really tried, actually, I bought him um, a book recently. um, And that's another thing I was thinking to myself, like, do they think I'm giving them homework? This is just me, once again, just really caring. A book that I read that helped me with perspective was um, a book called You Are Awesome. Mm -hmm. And it talks about how through life, we go through a lot of personal failures that are all built there or all put there to build on our experience to show that when one door closes, another one opens and that he's got a lot of value to bring based on a lot of his experiences. And that I want, I want him to bring that to the table. Like that should be his coat of armor. Right. But I, I, I'm trying to encourage him to see it in that way. Yes. Yes. And I can, you know, um, I can see you are lit up by this. 
right? Yeah. And we could probably go every one of the people that you're working with and you have this desire to help them grow and develop and see themselves in new ways, which is amazing. And at the same time, balance that, okay, in order for them to get there, I may have to deliver some news or have a conversation with them that will be challenging for them. But at the same time, like, this is what will help them stretch and grow, right? And see new perspectives. So you almost want to see yourself as like, kind of like, um, I mean, this might be a stretch, but like the, the, the Yoda, right? Where it's yeah. like, right? Like I'm, a, I'm okay if you're a little uncomfortable right now, right? Cause I'm, I'm going to do this as kindly as possible, right? You're not telling them this, but in your head, like I'm doing this yeah. as kindly as possible. I have your greater good and I, I know what your goals are and I want to help you get there. And there are things getting in your way. So I'm going to help you see them, but you're not going to like seeing them initially. <laughs> in yeah. retrospect, though, they'll likely be so grateful because, I mean, I could ask you about the times in your career where somebody let you in on something that you weren't seeing. You may not have taken it well, but now when you look at it in retrospect, what do you think about that? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I had some very tough feedback in the past, some that I thought was fair, some that I thought was unfair, but they all gave me strength to look at myself from a very holistic view, like what I'm trying to do for my team is look at myself from a 360 view and appreciate somebody's input and realize that, like I was saying earlier, I have to wear a different hat with different people. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten feedback from previous bosses that, I realized at the time I need to tone down the strength of my personality in front of certain people. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, I, like I said, I didn't like it. I didn't necessarily think it was fair, but I'm aware. Mm -hmm. I'm aware now I'm aware. So I know how to speak to certain, I know how I need to show up. Right. And to what purpose, right? Because sometimes when we get feedback on our personalities, right? Because this can be a sensitive issue for some women where it's like, I'm too much. I'm too this. I'm too that. But it sounds like you didn't appreciate the feedback initially, but then you saw like, oh, yeah, this was hurting my ability to do my job and grow. So yeah. getting to the nuance of it, it sounds like it was more about you have to be in tuned with who you're talking to and who your audience is and communicate in a way that they can hear you. Is that correct? Yes. Right. And because the way I was showing up at the time with my customers, I needed to change the way I showed up with the decision makers in my company. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I'm bringing this part of my personality from my hometown because I work in my hometown. So I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But I needed to be able to look at how I showed up differently with the decision makers in my company. Yeah. Because if I was going to be looked at as somebody who was going to be a leader, I needed to have more of a widespread appeal, per se, and, and not pigeonhole myself into what would potentially be a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like you were saying earlier, the driving issue with your team member and, and why he wasn't being considered for promotion was perception. Yes. You know, perception is everything and how, how our decision makers are perceiving us makes a difference. Not that we want to 
leave our heart at the door or pretend to be something we're not. It sounds like you were able to still be you, but think about how some ways that you present yourself might be off-putting for some people. And it doesn't sound like it was a huge hardship for you. No, it was just, I was able to turn that because as being somebody who's in sales, you have to wear, you, you have to appeal to many different people. So I could pivot very easily. Mm -hmm. It was just insulting because I felt like all that made me successful in my life was that hometown personality. Mm -hmm. It is all of that of who I am. It's in my DNA. So it's like, but that's, that's all of what I am. So I found it, it was insulting to hear, but after I heard it and was able to compartmentalize and trust me, it didn't happen over 24 hours. I would say if anything, a matter of weeks of like letting that burn. Yeah. I realized I said, okay, like take it for what it's worth and then be able to show up for differently for different people. Right. You know, so, um, and it, I feel like it's done me a service, but it's, it's been in the back. It's been in the back of my head. Right. And I'm, I'm going to generalize this, this concept because there's a book that I, I love that is written about this, but, um, just generalizing what I find also is what can trip us up after a promotion, right? Is what got you here won't get you there. Yes. Right. Or or when you're up for a promotion, right? The things that made you hugely successful as an individual contributor or, you know, in in the um, beginning stages of our career that once we're up, like up for a promotion or post promotion, those things don't work for us so much anymore. And we have to learn a different way of doing things. Okay, Crystal, anything else that you feel has been uncovered in terms of like giving feedback. How, let me say this on a, on a scale of one to 10, how comfortable would you be having some of these conversations, feedback conversations with your team? You know, one of the things that I just learned even just through this conversation is that I go through a script or how things should sound in my head. But if I gave myself the opportunity to talk it out with somebody else, it would sound a lot better. So even just having this conversation with you makes me feel more confident about having the conversation with my people. Yeah. Um, I think that I have, I do have the, I feel like I have the right intentions, but working the thoughts out with somebody else is better than just keeping them in my head and then figuring out it alone. Yes. Yeah. My clients say that a lot. Like, once they like, we'll just be talking, I'll be asking questions and they'll say something and they're like, gosh, when I say it out loud, I realize like, especially fears, right. And concerns and worries when we say them out loud and examine them, it yes. like they start to lose their power. So that makes Completely. it different. I was about to say, I about to lose their sting. Yes. I yes. couldn't agree more. A hundred percent. So that might be something you want to incorporate right? And your leadership development, as well as having somebody that you can throw these things up on a wall with and examine and talk through so that you feel more comfortable and more confident having these conversations because they're, they're important, right? And, and I we wouldn't more. be talking about it if you didn't feel like, oh gosh, this is so important. I want to get better at this. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you. I've got to find somebody um, at my level who I can have these conversations with and kind of trip and fall with. It's hard because as a field organization, it's not like we're in an office. So Mm -hmm. I've got to 
kind of do my due diligence and find who that person's going to be because mm-hmm. in the last few months I've just been kind of relying on my old manager yeah and asking his advice because he's been doing it a long time so and I feel it's a very safe place for me to be myself and fail and mm-hmm. someone say you don't say that say it like this I trust him right so um but I think I need to find somebody else who's at the same level as me who I can have this conversation with and they might not even have to be in your own industry. Really just somebody who's also been leading a team for a little bit longer than you have and has probably like stepped on a few more landmines, yes. right? That sort of thing. And and can share um, some of their perspective with you and maybe strategies that they've come up with as well. That could be helpful. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, this was incredibly helpful. I love this idea of coaching. And I think that I get a lot out of being able to hear your experiences too. Like you were saying, you know, you running workshops and things like that and hearing from other people in other industries is, is great. Yes. It's huge. All right. Any other takeaways from this conversation? That I've got to talk it out. <laughs> That's my, <laughs> my number one te- takeaway right now. That's where my head is at. Awesome. Crystal, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your trials with everyone on this podcast so they they can learn from your experience as well. Oh, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. I, the fact that I get to talk to you live is an honor for me. I really appreciate that all that you do for women who are looking to grow their careers and build up who they are and build their confidence. You do a, a beautiful job and a huge service for many women that you, you don't even know exist they know you. What were your takeaways from this on-air coaching call? Have you been in a situation similar to Crystal's coming into a new role to lead a team that's already formed? Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding to this episode. I would love to hear what stood out most for you. If you're interested in finding out more about my process, the cost of coaching, or how to ask your employer to pay for you to work with a coach, schedule a time to chat with me. You can find that link in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. And if you're listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. There's also a link in there to access a checklist that will help you prepare to ask your company to sponsor you to work with a coach. If you would like some coaching on how to do that, I invite you to schedule time to chat with me. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.